Welcome, everybody, to Haven of Horror, uh, a brand new show tonight, folks. Uh, my buddy Torgo here had some free time and uh, got a subscription to Shudder. Each of us, as well as other people who have been on the show before, uh, Doolittle and Austin, who unfortunately could not be here with us tonight, um, submitted movies that are only streaming on Shudder. But we are going to review right. one movie a week from Shudder. Uh, and we have a randomizer to pick from that list of movies that we've set up, which we will be spinning at the end of the show. Or at the end of the episode. So, yeah. without further ado, the first episode of what we're calling Shutter Shuffle is Black Sabbath from 1969. No, 63. I think it might be, yeah, early 60s. Which is an Italian anthology film uh, directed by Mario Brava. And it's interesting Mario because I'm Bava. a big fan. I'm a big fan of Creepshow, which is uh, about, I think, like two decades later in the 80s, which is also an anthology thing, but a completely different time. Um, mm -hmm. This is a very serious film. And I mentioned earlier that this has its highs and has its lows. Part of the problem, yeah. and this is where Noah's going to crucify me, is I'm a multitasker. I need oh, to be doing no. like multiple things at once. So a lot of times uh -huh. when I'm watching a movie, I rely on a lot of the dialogue to carry the story in the movie for me. Yeah. I couldn't do that with this one. Pro problem is, this movie's in a different language. <laughs> yes. So there were certain... And some of... That first story is not amazing. Oh, I yeah, hate the, it, the... but it's not amazing. So we should... It, it, we'll just get into it. The first one... It's an anthology series, and they're all hosted by Boris Karloff, who shows up in one of them. Uh, but the first one is, it's called, like, The Telephone. And it I think we were talking earlier, it, it reminded us both a lot of Scream, because the premise is it's this woman who's all alone in her, like, apartment building, and she keeps getting called by this random creepy guy. And at first she thinks it's someone she used to know who she like ratted out to the cops, I guess, and got him arrested. And he's like coming back for revenge. But then it turns out to be an old friend of hers that she just like, I guess, abandoned and like ghosted for a while. And she just comes back into her life. But then the actual escape convict guy shows up right at the end. So th that was a little strange. I, uh, I kind of that's where it lost me was right at the end. Cause it's like, Oh, they had an interesting twist with the friend coming in, but now they're just going to go back to this convict guy showing up. And it seemed a little, um, unnatural to me. Yeah. So I figured what we did is just break this down segment by segment since there's only three. Uh, this is a pretty mm -hmm. short film at like 92 minutes, which I did appreciate. This is a very yeah. heightened short, um, I noticed that right away. I don't know. Okay, I don't know if it's heightened or if it's just that's how people talked in the 60s cinema. But nobody talks mm -hmm. like a real person here. That or it's a translation issue. Like, it's hard. It's That's part of the reason I have an issue. With, I have trouble with foreign films like this. I can't yeah. tell if it's heightened, a translation error, or just bad writing. But nobody talks I'm, like real people going by the yeah. subtitle. I'm willing to bet it's stuff that's lost in translation because you get a lot of weird, clunky dialogue in, in some other some of the other like foreign films I've seen. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I definitely see that in this uh, in this segment. I'd have to say it's probably it's either this one or the last one that's my least favorite. But generally, I was with it up until the ending, just because I felt like it was it was just like this nice, like tense short film. But up until up to the ending, it kind of lost me. Yeah, it was interesting. This also has the other thing that I tend to have with short films is part of the problem with the short film is I, I never feel like they live up to their full potential. Um, mm -hmm. Because you have to deliver a lot of the backstory via dialogue. And with the way yeah. the dialogue is written, I was just like, okay, so these two were dating. And then she turned him over to the cops for something. So... And then I pulled up the Wikipedia page on this so we could reference it if we were confused on anything. And apparently, mm -hmm. the guy that she thinks is calling her is her former pimp. Oh, So apparently okay. this I is didn't a pick prostitute, which I didn't pick up on at all. No, me neither. <laughs> which, I don't know if that's a translation thing or what, but I think that adds, I think that adds a completely different layer to what we're seeing um, at least from the phone call perspective, but I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, no, I mean, I could have missed a subtitle or something, but I didn't, I didn't realize that at all. So I'm guessing maybe her friend was like another fellow prostitute within that environment or just like one of her friends outside of the, of, of that whole thing. But yeah, I'm not sure. So I will say you mentioned that this one or the third one was your least favorite. I think overall it is this one because the other mm -hmm. one has the other, at least the second one has so much better like production values. This is just like a lady yeah. in an apartment for 20 minutes. This, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of something that the other two shorts have is that as far as set design and just like general art direction, they blow the first one out of the water. Um, visually, like it still works. It's, but like you said, it's just this woman's apartment. It's like, there's, There's nothing that's very eye-grabbing. But yeah, this I mean, very much felt like the opening of Scream. The mm -hmm. problem is that I think the opening of Scream did this better. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, ah, I've seen this done before, and I've seen it done better. Well, I'm willing to bet that Wes Craven took some influence from this. I could be oh, wrong absolutely. about that, but I don't know. I would be shocked if he had yeah, because uh, obviously you know, Mario Brava <laughs> is very influential, and I would like to see more of his films. Uh, mm -hmm. He's very this is the first thing I've seen from slasher genre. Yeah, for sure. I I do quite like the twist with it being her estranged friend, like setting this up to be become friends to get again. But like you said, the mm -hmm. ending kind of undercuts that because it's just such a coincidence that the guy just happens yeah. to show up. Yeah, it's it just makes it so much less interesting. It's like, oh, he he really was trying to get revenge on her. Like, okay, <laughs> um, but like I said, I was with it for most of it, and I was enjoying it. I think overall, it is good, but it's probably my least favorite out of the three. Yeah, it's good with potential that couldn't. Yeah. Also, but I have a hard time telling if the acting in this is actually good for the genre that we're in in the you know era i can't tell if she's a legitimately good actor and i think it's all because of the language barrier like it just Maybe. sounds like she's speaking italian to me. 
I thought, I mean, I wasn't paying too much attention because I was too busy reading the subtitles, but from what I gathered, like, I thought she gave a good performance. I thought mostly everyone in that segment was pretty good. Because me being full of shit, but you know. No, I don't know. Uh, I could be Yeah, I think with this one being the simplest one, there's not a lot to talk about. Um, Like you said, good cinematography for what they've got. Uh, It Mm. felt like they they didn't... I think the overall issue with this movie is they didn't divert funds properly. Because it felt like most of the budget went to the short we're going to talk about next. uh, And the other two just got the scraps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the it feels like the other two were definitely afterthoughts, and the bulk of the thought process and, and stuff went into the second one. It seems just based off watching it. Yeah. So moving on to what I think we'll have more to say about the word wordlack. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know how to pronounce, how to pronounce it. it. <laughs> uh, so interestingly enough, this is set in 19th century Russia. And this is the one where I started to have that, like, my brain started wandering a little bit. Uh, even though this is the one I enjoyed the most. The mm-hmm. set designs in this are a thing of beauty. Oh, yeah. The, immediately, that's what I noticed with this one. It was like, oh, I think this might be my favorite one out of the three. Um, <laughs> it's great. This is Boris Karloff shows up. Uh, so the thing, the thing with that is, there's this family, and the patriarch was like off doing something. I don't remember exactly what, but if he he'd said that if he comes back after a certain time, he comes. It, it's not him. He's coming back as this, like basic, not really zombie, but it's basically like this kind of blood-sucking monster, I think it was described as. And, yeah, like, I think they said the more that you love this person, the more that it would want to kill you. And I thought that was a really creepy concept. And uh, Karloff is really good in in the short as well. I think he's definitely the standout actor of maybe the whole movie. Well, yeah, I mean... It's Frankenstein. Yeah, you get Boris Karloff. It's like there so we is. should. I do want to just note because you mentioned them. Uh, apparently, this is a real thing, real like folklore. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it the word or lack? Is a vampire in the Slavic folklore mythology? Some Western sources define it as a type of Russian vampire that must consume the blood of its loved ones and convert its whole family. Um, apparently, mm-hmm. it's based on a Alexei Tolstoy. I am so out of my element with this novella, The yeah. Family of the Vordalak. Get to hear me awkwardly okay. pronounce a bunch of Russian words. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, this is the first I've heard of um, this uh, myth, um, and I thought it was really well um, adapted into this short. Uh, this is definitely, like I said before, it's the standout short out of the movie for me, just for like the set design and just the atmosphere. Like a lot of the sets are covered in smoke, and I think it looks really cool on on film. Like, it it this felt is... like Argento, or not Argento, Brava. Bava. Bava. I keep saying Brava. 
uh, pitched yeah. this, this, but he only had like enough story for a short story. And they're like, well, we want to mm-hmm. feature, and you know, how, I don't know how Italian cinema works, but assuming it works like it does here in the States, some studio was like, yeah, you know, we'll green like this. You're a well-known guy, but we want a, a feature length film. So he's like, ah, fuck, I got to write two more shorts. Yeah. Yeah, like I said before, the other ones definitely feel really tacked on in comparison to this one. Um, Yeah, and I mean, you could even, I mean, I can definitely believe that because Karloff is basically the star of this movie because he also hosts the movie. So Uh, it's like, I have a feeling that Bob, I had a lot, the most confidence in this one compared to the other ones. Also, I did want to mention, I'm glad you said that because I adore the opening where it's just uh, Boris Karloff standing on this trippy-looking, like, green screen. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, and then the ending, too. The ending's awesome, too. <laughs> well, we'll get there. Yeah, so, the, and this one definitely had a little bit more of a creepy angle, because you've got the vampire, and then they, they introduce, you know, plot with the child being a vampire. Mm-hmm. If I remember right, being, yeah, child being a vampire. Um, yep. And it, it's just, it's creepy, man. It's really creepy. No, yeah, this... there's that se- there's that scene where the kid comes back and he's, like, crying for his mom. And then she's like, yeah, well, it's my kid. I don't give a shit that <laughs> it's a demon that's going to kill me or anything. And she, like, kills her husband. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and it's interesting because this, as much as a vampire story as this is, some of, some parts like the part you just talked about feel like a zombie movie. You know, you've got yeah. the, in every zombie movie you've got the like I don't care, it's still my loved one, don't get in my way. Yeah, and then you have the other family members becoming infected by the mo- the monster. So it definitely has a lot of aspects of Well, I mean, and that's kind of already a vampire thing too when you get bitten by a vampire, but it does have a little bit of that zombie thing going too. Well, and the the vampire thing, unlike zombie thing, changes depending on the mythology, whereas zombies, it's pretty consistently just one bite and you're gone. Right. So, so it's kind of nice that they go back to basics with this, just because, like, I feel like in modern day, we've overcomplicated some vampire mythology. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting yeah. that an Italian filmmaker adapted Russian vampire lore, folklore. Yeah, I guess he was just really interested in that original novel. And it is a fascinating concept for a horror movie. I'm I'm glad that he decided to adapt it because yeah, for me that is the highlight of this movie. It's also just funny that a bunch of Russians are speaking Italian. Yeah. (laughs) Well I mean it's like you have American films where it's set in a different country but they're all speaking English, so yeah, and I mean, it's, it's always whatever. funny there, too. It's just, I think for me personally, because, you know, a bunch of Russians, Russian speaking English, like, it just sounds natural mm-hmm. to me, obviously, because I'm an English speaker. But when I know somebody's right. supposed to be Russian, but they're speaking a very different language than what I've heard of Russian, it's like... Right, uh, yeah. No, it is a little, it's a little funny. But um, yeah, this, but yeah, this is really good. I, uh, this is the, if I was to go back to this movie, honestly, I think I would just watch this short. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't blame you. Um, I think I'd watch it the whole way through, but I don't know. 
Um, it also depends on the mood that I'm Right. Yeah, I mean, if you take this one out of the sequence, I think it probably works. It stands on its own the best compared to the other two. I also think with all three, with with all three of these to a degree, even though I really like this one, I feel like they there's potential there that's never fully tapped. But I think that's because he's stuck to such a short runtime. I, I think you could have made a feature-length film just out of the separate short. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that, that could have been really cool. But I do like the anthology format, too. It's not that the other two ones are bad. It's just that this one's my favorite. Um, so they, they could have been a little stronger, though, because overall, like you said, the movie does have its ups and downs. Well, do you have anything else to add about the word Warderlack, other than just me trying to pronounce it and failing miserably? Nope. Let's talk about the the corpse one. <laughs> the drop of water. So I, you're going to have to do a lot it. of the heavy lifting on this one, because this is the one oh, that no. I, I don't remember anything about this, and I just watched um, it. Well, okay, oh, that's a lie, what? because that, this has my favorite thing in this entire movie, and it's that awful-looking corpse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it looks it's so fucking hilarious. It looks so dumb. Well, I like when it gets up and it it tries to attack her. That's really funny. <laughs> um, and I mean, I guess... to be honest, to be honest, this might actually be my least favorite. I mean, I go back and forth between the first and one too, but um, it has a cool concept where it's kind of just like uh, you have this woman who like. I guess she's like works for a funeral home or something, and she takes something off the body. She takes a ring off the body, and then immediately she gets haunted by like some evil spirit, and the and she finds the body in her house, and it it kills her. And I think the ending was supposed to imply that the the woman who called the cops to report the dead body was is also going to be haunted because I think she might have taken the ring or something. I wasn't completely clear on that though, so I could just be talking out of my ass. But let me ask you something about this with with all because inevitably the big thing that I was thinking about in this other than scream in the first segment was creep show. And I don't think you've seen mm-hmm. creep show. I haven't, no. But creep show is also like I said a three story anthology film. But it's harking back, you know, to like the EC comics, and it's a bit, it's it's gleefully cheesy, you know. It knows what it is, and it yeah. runs into that. Do it's you got think a much they should have adopted that same kind of tone for at least for this story, with how bad that course? Yeah, was. this should have been like more goofy, right? Yeah, I'd say uh, this one probably is more in line with something from Creepshow. Um, I don't know what else, what you could have done for uh, the other shorts in this, because even, yeah, with the first one, it's, it doesn't, they're all a little bit different, and you could have had something that was pulling from old folklore and myths for the other two ones, so to be more consistent with the middle one, but, um, yeah, I don't know, it's just the way that it turned out, but, uh, I do kind of wish they had set out to make each one a different tone. Because, yeah, each one is different story-wise, but they're all pretty consistent tone-wise. 
and I don't know if it works for something like this. This is like a right. dark and dreary story, but it's it's got a fucking like goofy plastic doll old lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean it was probably intended to be more serious and less cheesy when they were making it. So And that is the know, other thing it's, is this is the unintended sixties. Right. It's the unintended effects of just it being an older movie and it just having not as scary of a prop that they probably think it is. So it's just, you know, you got to have a, a historical perspective with that. Well, I should have started with this is completely out of my wheelhouse. Like it's, it's a out of my film. It's an anthology film. Yeah, we're 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 two fucking noobs Idiots. here when it comes to this movie. <laughs> yeah, like I have complaints, but overall, I'm glad I watched it and I'm glad it exists. Yeah, I would like to see more by this director because I'm familiar with the name Mario Bava, but this is the only thing I've seen from him. I feel like I watched something else with him, or with him in it that he directed, that he made. Yeah, I know that he did a lot of like grindhouse stuff. Oh, Doolittle and I reviewed Blood and Black Lace, and that was pretty good. Oh, okay, um, yeah. I have heard of that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this... And this and this was a recommendation from Doolittle. He keeps recommending foreign films. He's just trying to make me uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> not not He's really. If to... <laughs> you're watching this, it's fine. I'm glad you're expanding my palate. But... He's trying to broaden your horizons, Joe. Stupid horizons. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, back to the drop of water. So yeah, this is in 1910s London. You know, she steals this ring and then she's haunted by a ghost lady. Again, yep. <laughs> also it's very basic. The, yeah, all these are basic, which makes it harder to talk about. Because there's not a lot going on outside of the story. Well, I, I think this is the most straightforward in terms of plot. Because it's like, oh, she takes and, the thing, she gets haunted. And I mean, I'm sure there's some kind of like, I'm sure each one of these has something you can dig into. Of, like, this is a metaphor right. for this. I can't I do that the, on a first viewing. Like, no, and I, yeah, I haven't had the chance to think, admittedly, to think enough about any of these um, on a deep level. <laughs> yeah, this is just a review based on our first watch, folks. Some of these movies right. I'll be able to get into a little deeper because I may have seen them two or three times, but just, you know, broadening our horizons and making videos about it. Yeah. Overall, Tur Targo, I would give this a three and a half on our arbitrary five out of five scale. I think I'm with you on that. I was going back and forth between uh, four or three and a half, and I think I'm gonna go with three and a half, especially after this discussion here. Well, that was a that was a good, you know, first episode for the show. Um, are yeah. you ready to spin the wheel? Yeah, no, I'm excited to see what we have next. Okay, let me pull up the wheel. I don't think I'm gonna actually be able to show it to you, but I'll just tell you what it is. And here so that it's on screen you're gonna spin it's spinning it's right. spinning
Uh, so we are doing Orgasmo next week. Oh no! <laughs> this is an Austin pick. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, know anything, anything about, about this. this. Well, yeah, I, I I thought it was really good. funny when he suggested it because I was thinking of that movie from the creator of South Park that's also called Orgasmo. Oh, okay. This is a Gallo film. I've been meaning to watch movies. Okay. Interesting. I feel like I might be a little out of my. Yeah, we're just it's just going to be the Italian film show. Well, Um, anyway, uh, Torgo, thank you a lot for doing this with me. I had a lot of fun recording this. Bit Mm -hmm. of a shorter episode, but very straightforward movie. And next week we're doing Orgasmo. Are you excited? Yeah, I know. I feel like this might be another one where I'm a little out of my element, but. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh also just want to let you guys know that we are planning some Evil Dead stuff in the near future. Uh we're hoping to get Dan Tori on for an Army of Darkness review maybe next week. And yep. at the risk of announcing something way too soon, Torgo and I are talking of doing some Ash versus Evil Dead stuff. So I've been in a super big Evil Dead mood. And yeah. I think Torgo has then- to at least somewhere. Yeah. That's all because of uh, Multiverse of Madness out right now. <laughs> oh, see, for me, it's the game. I mean, maybe well, a little bit of Doctor it. Strange, but... I haven't had the chance to play the game yet, though. Yeah, because you're a fraud. I mean, that's besides the point, but yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, Torgo, uh, I think we're going to call it here. Like I said, this was mm-hmm. a lot of fun, and I will see you next week so for an episode two of Shutter Shuffle. Yeah, looking forward to it, man. Thank you for watching, everybody. Have a great rest of your night or day. Bye.